0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0, the mental health podcast that's changing the discussion one voice at a time. Featuring guests that will help end the stigma and keep talking mental health. And now, here are your hosts, Rebecca. And Joe Lombardo.
2: Change 2.0. Hey, welcome to Voices for Change 2.0, everybody. Uh, we are happy to have you guys tuning in with us today. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny listening to our intro uh, like you do. Um, <laughs> <coughs> we've We've had that for six months now, right? yeah yeah we got it at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. and I still bop my head to it. It just is that a bass
3: guitar that's being played, or is that a
2: guitar guitar that's a bass guitar,
3: yeah, I thought it sounded like a bass,
2: yeah, and uh it just it rocks, and <laughs> I don't know, I just it makes me move, it makes me pop <laughs> so i I still am still enjoying the novelty of it, I guess, yeah, you know, not burned out on it, so. <laughs> We hope you guys are having a great day today uh, It is uh, It's summer
3: Yeah it is first day isn't
2: it Today is the first day of summer
3: Technical technical first, first day, day. we been roasting for far much longer than that
2: Yeah but uh, you know it's all downhill from here This is the longest day And tomorrow they start getting shorter So you're <laughs> welcome for that reminder Especially everybody in the great white north So um, You know With the uh, the quarantine that that's been going on low these 23 years, (laughs) um, it's afforded us a lot of time to find new shows to watch. Mm -hmm. And one of the ones that I have, I'm late, late to the bandwagon on it, but I'm really enjoying it is uh, it's on uh, CBS all access and it's star Trek discovery. And it's one of the first shows that they put out when they started cbs's streaming service and you know i was skeptical about watching it when they first announced it two years ago or whatever and um you know i find as i get older it's harder and harder for me to get into to you know new stuff
3: damn millennials
2: damn millennials (laughs) no generation z now Oh, we got to blame generation Z millennials are more like us i'm finding yeah. so it's the damn generation, generation Z
3: generation Z which sounds ridiculous yeah
2: <laughs> but uh and what are you going to do um so anyway uh yeah i've discovered <laughs> discovered star trek discovery and uh it's actually really really enjoyable of a show you know i i'm i've been a sci-fi fan My entire life, you know, I like the original series of Star Trek and was a a big Next Generation fan and all this stuff. And I kind of like what they're doing with this series. And I'm into uh, the second season now. And it's the cool thing about it is the representations in the show, like they they don't bat an eye if, you know, they they show a, a gay couple or what have you. Um, It's very all-inclusive, which is very cool. Um, And something actually kind of nice to to reflect on during Pride Month as well. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, one of the main characters in the show is a gentleman named Anthony Rapp. And, uh, you know, he's uh, known for, you know, movies like Rent and, uh, you know, just different different things. And he was in school ties and he was in school ties, which right. a lot of
3: people probably haven't seen, but it had Brendan Frazier in it. And it's one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah. And Anthony Rapp had a small, small role in, in school ties. He was kind of like a bad guy, which is so far from, from who, what, he who he, is. he, who he yeah. is in real life.
2: And, uh, but it was, it was really cool. And I, I wish I'd gotten into this show Long before now, because, uh, you know, we're, we're coming up on the one year anniversary of us going to uh, Kindred Mind Matters in California last year. And Anthony was there. Uh, he was one of the speakers. speakers. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was going to say presenters, but speakers. He was one of the speakers at the uh, at the event. And it was an honor meeting him. Uh, very, very lovely guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it. You know, they mentioned last year that he was on the show, and I really wish I'd gotten into it before we went because um, I probably would have fanboyed out on him.
3: Yeah, like I did.
2: Yeah, like you did. <laughs> yeah, she totally fangirled on him. But uh, you know, it was, it's it's a, a really good watch. So if you have the streaming service or you've been kicking around the idea of getting it, uh, go ahead and get it. It's worth it. There's a lot of good content on there. Um, you know. <laughs> Again, the, the, there's the Star Trek Discovery, uh they've also got Star Trek Picard, which I've watched one episode of that, and that's pretty good so far. If you like your uh Patrick Stewart's like <clears throat> we do.
3: Yeah, I gotta love Patrick Stewart. Yeah,
2: Sir Pat Stew. And uh, you know, I, I hear good things about the new version of the Twilight Zone on there, and that was done by Jordan Peel of Key and Peel fame and also the movie Get Out Get and Out yeah. Us. And uh, yeah, so that's good stuff there. And, you know, talking about all this entertainment industry stuff, I think, is an excellent segue for our guest today. Absolutely. How you like me (laughs) now? So our guest today is an award-winning writer. She's a director. Uh, She's also an advocate for mental health, uh, anti-violence, and trauma. And uh, she's also... Not a first timer on our show. We're welcoming her back. This is her second appearance on the show. Uh, just remember, when you hit five, you get a, a special red jacket. So, um, it's like please, Saturday
3: Night Live.
2: Yeah, only with <laughs> a red jacket instead of whatever the hell color they use.
3: Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Um,
2: so please welcome to the show, Ms. Natalie Rodriguez.
4: Hi there. Good morning from California. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hi,
4: it's good. Hi, it's it's
2: good catching cool. up with you guys.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me back. I'm um, looking forward to the red jacket. I think it is red or blue. Sm no, does use for like their five timer club. People have come back yeah. to host the show at five times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
2: far, we we only owe one person that jacket though. Yeah. That's uh,
0: nice. The, <laughs> the
2: the lovely and lovely and talented Mr. Rudy Casares. So, um, oh, nice. <laughs> Rudy, if you're listening. Uh, it's it's in yeah. the mail. It's coming.
3: <laughs> I don't think he's made it to five yet, though.
2: No, he's been on six times. Six? Yeah, between the the between appearances by himself and appearances on our Pan- panel shows, he's been on like six times.
3: Wow, I yeah. didn't realize.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: so. Rudy's a friend of mine too, so I'm like, yep, that would be Rudy. He's been on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, multiple times he does a lot. I mean, I have to thank him because he yeah. definitely got me involved with the mighty um the mental health organization mm-hmm. group, so mm-hmm. uh he's a huge advocate and i mean um we crossed past it like, on Twitter like two three years ago um small world, so definitely um that's kind of the power of social media with finding a lot of other advocates or other artists um around the world or just around the u s as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's been it's been great, you know, uh being able to interact with uh you know, everybody in the community, you, um mm-hmm. Rudy, you know, uh some of our other friends out there like Arez and uh uh HingeNet um mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Erica. So yeah, uh not bad.
3: Yeah, I've yeah. really I'm really happy that I finally decided to learn Twitter and how it worked and, you know, go on there and start communicating with other people. Like you said, in, in our community, the mental health community on Twitter is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we all stand up for each other and fight for each other and are there for each other. And it's, it's, it's amazing.
2: Yeah. It is. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, 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 You know, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Natalie.
3: I was gonna say, I mean,
4: definitely, it's it's kind of crossing over the Instagram. I know Instagram's been doing a lot of the mental health awareness through the hashtags, Um, and Mm -hmm. it's been getting. I think it's just been blowing up, just especially during quarantine. I think this quarantine's been bringing up a lot of like mental health or a lot of kind of stress um, during this time, just because a lot of people aren't used to staying home, or it's you know people got laid off. It's definitely triggering a lot of anxiety, depression. So I'm glad to be seeing that Instagram and Twitter have been, I mean, they've been posting some, I think, wonderful things just to kind of remind people, like, this is a pandemic, this is a hard time, like, here's, like, you know, the appropriate hotline. Um, so it's definitely, I think Instagram to be kind of, it's kind of powerful just like Twitter is with a lot of the mental mm-hmm. health awareness.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, my hope <clears throat> with um – uh every, <clears throat> sorry I've got a frog in my throat um no worries. my <laughs> my my hope is with everybody having to have stayed home for so long mm-hmm. that doesn't normally deal with anxiety doesn't normally deal with depression uh doesn't normally deal with uh phobias like agoraphobia. I'm hoping maybe that's finally opened up some eyes and you know open some awareness to what people with these things go through
0: mm-hmm. you know
2: um that it's not easy feeling like you're you're barricaded in your own home uh cuz mm-hmm. you're afraid to go outside you know um or the anxiety of having to leave your home you know things like that i i really really hope that that you know people that have for years said things like, Oh, just get over it and go out the door. You know, mm-hmm. they finally kind mm-hmm. of understand a little more. That's, that's my hope. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, well, my dear, do you have any questions for us? Uh,
4: no, no questions. Uh, I mean, definitely besides how you guys been doing during the pandemic, I mean, everything going on, <laughs> it's been kind of California. It's, uh, there's always updating news So I can only imagine that every state right now is probably just different or a lot like similar to California. They've been talking about potentially putting us back in quarantine starting in July, mm-hmm. um, especially with, I think, some of the theaters getting canceled to reopened right now.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, we, uh, we've actually been lucky here in Michigan and that, mm-hmm. you know, all the guff that our wonderful, uh, Governor has had to Deal with uh, You know we're uh, Us in New York we're, we're the ones that um, Have really done uh, I guess A good job of Trying to get COVID-19 contained And yeah we're
3: down 50% in cases
2: Yeah so yeah. that's oh, wow. important yeah. yeah so we're we're Real proud of that and you know there's A lot of people especially in the state that gave Her a hard time for what she had us do and I'm grateful mm-hmm. to her for it. Um, you know, I, I think she's done an amazing job and, uh, I hope that the naysayers in this state, you know, if they take a step back and, and look at what she's actually done, you know, I hope they realize, Hey, you know, she's, you know, everything she did was to protect us,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I saw that you guys, I saw that you guys, uh, we're we're getting the uh mandatory masks again. Yeah.
4: Uh yeah, just people yesterday. People lost their
2: minds. <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh, yeah, they're um I saw on Twitter I think that people are <clears> burning <throat> masks. That's a thing now. I don't know if it's in particular California, but I'm assuming it's all around. Um oh, it is I, I mean, I don't say it's I just it's ridiculous and it's like like I don't know if it's like a kind of them protesting to not have this in quarantine anymore. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, definitely in California, I think this morning I saw there's 4,200 cases. Like, they saw uh, spikes going with the COVID. So, no. I, I don't know. I can imagine that. I try not to look at the Twitter news so much, but, I mean, Rebecca probably knows when you go on the search, I mean, COVID-19 is like the top top three yeah. um, trend
0: hashtags.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, definitely. Scary. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to change it up. We're going to start grilling you. I mean, asking you questions and uh, <laughs> <May>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and bring some awareness. How's that sound? Yeah, sounds great to me. Cool. Well, for those who may have missed uh, when we had you on last year, we are going to start with the question that we always start with. Where does your mental health journey begin?
4: Oh, yeah. Um, my mental health journey begins, I want to say, I think, as far back as high school. Um, when I was going to high school, which was like oof, 2006, 2010, uh, we didn't really talk about mental health, but that's when I was starting to feel, I think, like many teenagers start feeling, I think today, um, one of my family members from close with, she started getting writing in high school. I was always very stressed, very worried, so... I was, like, wondering, I think because the question I wanted to know is what's going on with my body, why do I kind of, like, racing thoughts all the time. I want to say my mental health journey began there, just because I started feeling anxiety early stages of it. And definitely in college was when my anxiety peaked. I mean, it was horrifying where I couldn't the house for, like, a month during um, a winter break, just because I always had mm-hmm. this fear of not feeling safe or just my symptoms are high, I didn't know like, how to manage it and how to control it. So I think it's definitely, I think, honestly, I think just having personal experience with anxiety um, and then some anxiety led to some uh, acute depression. I think just having those questions, what's going on with me, like, how do I fix this? Like, I know, like, I'm not quote-unquote crazy because there wasn't no one in my family that had experienced extreme anxiety. So I honestly started just searching doing the research, and when I started going to counseling, that's when I started, like, I, ironically, at the same time, started finding a lot of the mental health nonprofit groups on social media. Um, and that kind of led me to individuals like Rudy and, of course, people like Rebecca and um, I'm sure different mutual friends we had, too, like Non from You May Empathy, um,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sarah
4: Fader from Stigma Frider. So it was kind of like almost like a calling, I felt, just gravitating towards, like, other individuals who were talking about their journey or, just talking about Mental Health Awareness Month, I think over time I just developed um, a lot more, like, stronger feelings to want to get more involved, and and that kind of was, like, hard to ignore. So I definitely was, like, wanting to find out more about other people's journey, how they defeated um, a mental health disorder themselves or how they, you know, manage it day-to-day basis. Because You know, it's not something you just, you know, get rid of. It's something you, you know, learn, take it day by day and kind of learn how to, listen to your body over these past few years. And for me, it has been a little over 10 years now. So definitely seeing like a lot of like earlier symptoms now looking back when I was a teenager.
2: Oh, you're such a young
4: yeah,
0: you are baby. <laughs> <laughs> you're a, you're a wee baby.
2: Yeah. Uh, you, you said, you said 2006 and Beck and I looked at each other like, Oh
0: my God,
2: you know, oh, yeah. <clears throat> when, when you figure that, you know, we graduated in ninety one and ninety two respectively.
0: Um <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah. So uh so well, that's that's uh that's funny.
4: I'm one of the older ones on my family. So like I have cousins that just still in high school and the other day and I saw um earlier this week and I saw my family I thought one of them was still twelve. And they're like, not only really, I'm 20. I'm like, wait, you work now? I was like, what are you talking about? You drive. <laughs> so I always so like I always feel like the older, I always feel like the older like um like square cousin or family member because it's interesting. So I'm like one of the oldest um mm-hmm. like within like the the cousins. So it's it's funny when they're like when I get called. Oh, they you're still young. I'm like, oh, my family. I'm like always the old like weird like you know out of date cousin.
0: <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, no, we uh we we, we understand that. Yeah, we got your beat. So Yeah. You know. yeah. yeah. Yeah, wait till you hit your forties. Um, all
3: downhill from there. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh no. And it starts at it, you know, it starts at thirty, but then it picks starts up steam at, the, at forty. For me
3: it started at twenty five. I was <laughs> a were, basket case at twenty five. She
2: was falling apart before she ever met me. <laughs> Oh, so. I
4: heard 25 is at age, too. My cousin just turned 25, and she's like, does it go downhill from here? And everyone in the family's like, yes. And I'm like, you <laughs> scare her. Like, let her
2: figure it out. That's so funny. No, I, you know, it's funny. I actually got mad at my uh, certain family members as time went on. Because I'm like, why didn't you tell me getting old sucks? Oh, you know? no. and, they're like, and they're like, oh, no, we wanted you to figure it out for yourself. So I warned all the kids. Everybody oh, that I run in, yeah, into, you know, I work with a lot of 20-somethings at work, and I'm like, yeah, no, it sucks when you hit 30. So, uh, yeah.
3: Although I'd pay to be 30 again.
2: Yes. Yes. yes.
3: Over uh, what I am now.
2: I've heard sure. that, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, uh, I would definitely get behind that.
3: All right. So, so, Natalie, please talk with us about your feature film, The Extraordinary Ordinary.
4: Yeah, um, I think last time I was on talking about it because we were just about we were in the festival run last year mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah, and uh, it's so weird that was almost a year ago, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a film <laughs> about three young, a- film about three young adults and how they cope with their mental health um, while old wounds were surfaced. And it's narrative fiction, and I think when did we get we got distribution? I got it right before the pandemic and. It's premiering on Video On Demand later this summer on August 28th. So it's kind of on the yeah. anniversary when it premiered last year at the film festival because 2019 we were doing a festival run, um, seeing what festivals are going to play it. And we were supposed to go to one more, but then I think the pandemic, they actually are, honestly canceled their, their um, 2020 festival run. So I think they're holding off till next year, 2021 of April. So it kind of seemed like perfect timing. Getting the VOD contract, I was like, yes, I'll do it, because it was very surreal. I'm still kind of processing that, too, right now. (laughs) And it's with a small company called Indie Rights. They're very big on, like, helping a lot of independent films, and independent films are ones that are people that self-funded or half self-funded or films that are made on extremely low budgets. Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. today, I think even, like, a $500,000 budget is considered quote-unquote cheap for films um which is amazing but I guess if you look at how much movies cost you're like oh no that really isn't a lot for films too I mean you're really scrabbling and you have to shoot kind of fast to just make sure you stay within that budget and yeah no really Mm -hmm. excited it's a film I think you know definitely I'm hoping a lot of it got a lot of good reviews at the festival so I'm excited to showcase it I know that's kind of every filmmaker or artist's fear it's Will people like this? What if they hate it? What if they don't like it? So the festival run was kind of a nice test run to see how family friend or people I've never met were reacting to the project.
2: That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Where uh, where is it going to be available on demand when it when it hits VOD?
4: Yeah, it's going to be on Amazon. Uh, it's going to be through Indie Rights's Amazon page, um, so you'll find it with all their other movies. They do a lot of hmm. comedy dramas. They do some scary films, but I think their specialty is comedy dramas right now. They'll be on there mm, okay. um, starting midnight, starting midnight August twenty eighth uh, this summer.
2: Cool, that's Very exciting. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look forward to watching that. What yeah, is what is Howard Original?
4: Oh yeah, um, Howard Original. It's um, my second feature. We had just wrapped before the pandemic, which is uh, weird because we. Uh, we're filming that every day for like, or every weekend for about four months straight. Because, like many artists, most of us were working jobs during the week, nine to five. But Howard Ringo is a comedy drama. It's about a washed up screenwriter. He's going through a crisis and he escapes to the woods to finish a screenplay that he's been working on for months now. And that was based on a short film my friend and I worked on a few years ago, um, wonderful Kevin Michaels. Um, he, played, he plays Howard in both the feature and short film, and we, yeah, decided, like, let's just try to make it longer version. Let's see if people like it, and, you know, if we hate it, we, you know, we just gave it a shot. But it's been doing well because we just, during this quarantine, you know, you can imagine, everything's remote. Um, well, I've been working on The Extraordinary Ordinary, doing some PR work for that film. Howard, we've been working on the post-production side, so I'm actually going to a post-production meeting later to watch the latest cut of it. So it's it's a different project. It deals more with like comedy and drama, and I usually done a lot more dramas the past years. So I'm really excited mm-hmm. about this one because it's kind of more for the adult crowd. Um, with extraordinary ordinary is more for like teens and young adults, but at Howard I would say it's probably more appropriate for like 18 and older, just because a lot of like adult content in there, um, mainly like the language or things they discuss about, and um, it's definitely one of my favorite projects too. So really excited about it and. We releasing it, just depending how I guess the quarantine's looking, and with the theaters, if they're even gonna be opening opening up. To be honest, I mean we're looking at a November mm-hmm. release date, but it might mm-hmm. be pushed back to 2021 if you know everything seems so up in the air right now with theaters or kind of even streaming services too.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's been uh, kind of a tough pill to swallow, you know. Yeah. And- you know, going into the pandemic, you know, there are all these great movies that were scheduled to come out and they've all been pushed back and then they're pushed back again. And, you know, yeah. I was, you know, looking forward to stuff like, you know, the Wonder Woman movie that's coming out and Black mm-hmm. Widow and all that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's still coming out, you know, it's just yeah. now all that stuff is, you know, pushed way, way back. And I just thought, yeah. You know, Godzilla versus Kong got pushed back even farther. I think it's not coming out until uh, late 2021 yeah, or early 2022. Olympics. Yeah, the Olympics That'd got pushed
3: out. I was, I was so looking forward to the Olympics.
2: Yeah, she's uh, she, she's oh, an too. Olympics fangirl. <laughs>
3: nice. No, but isn't that a, so. a bizarre? Because
4: um, I, I think that was kind of the little fun fact because – Um, The Extraordinary Ordinary was supposed to come out in May for Mental Health Awareness Month. It was on May 1st. Mm. And I remember, I think it was between, like, March, the end of March, and then April, it was, like, what movies are coming out? Because that's when the studio started pushing back their, of course, March and April movies. And my instinct was, okay, if Black Widow gets pushed back, I have to, we are probably get pushed back as well. And I think it was, like, a week, two weeks before it's May 1st release date, I think, with Black Widow when they announced they're pushing back to, I think it said indefinite pushback. I was like, okay, we're gonna probably gonna get pushed back to like a later date, And then we did, um, about a week later. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
4: yeah, I mean, that's so bizarre. I mean, I'm never, I don't think anyone's ever gonna get used to, I think all this happening. Cause you know, summers, of course it's your bigger or remake film. Like I was looking forward to the, um, the top Gun sequel. Um, cause I just, mm-hmm. I love the music <laughs> of film. Um, and seeing that though, just keep getting pushed back and changed. Um, it's just weird because you're like, okay, how things are looking. It looks like it's gonna like happen again with um, movies that are scheduled. I think even for November, December this year. Um, I think that yeah. happened with Black Widow again. <laughs> they keep pushing it back. Like again, is I think October, then November, and then others talks so might be next summer.
3: Wow. Yeah, they they yeah. push back back some TV shows too, like um, mm-hmm. stuff that they show on Hulu and Netflix and what have you, like Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Got pushed back. Um, Oh, wow. They were, they used to, it used to premiere in June, the last three years, it premiered in June, and now they're talking about wrapping up filming in November, if they can even do that. Yeah.
0: So.
4: True. But. They just passed that law, too, but honestly, I don't know anyone that's been filming, um, I think Riverdale is another show they talked about filming, but they talked the same thing, like, November. I think December the earliest because mm-hmm. they have to get. Mm-hmm. I think what is they're trying they pass along the twelfth for TV film productions to get the okay to film. But I think the twelfth from what I'm noticing, I think that's for studios to come up with their own. I think their own like health code contracts saying like this is how the sets mm-hmm. are going to be changed. Um, so it's definitely. I think I didn't know that. I was assuming like people are going to start getting ready and filming on the twelfth of this month. But I think it's going to take some time from here until. You know, like Handmaid's tell Riverdale, if they're probably in the film later this fall, winter. Um, I'm assuming they're probably trying to get, like, their health code packets ready, and I'm sure that probably goes through a team of legal people just to approve the yeah. Yeah. safe, That's sanitized. Yeah,
0: that's, that's yeah. insane.
4: Um, I can't imagine, I mean, being one of those people on sets, too. Because um, I'm used to doing the indie film sets. When you do the indie film sets, you kind of do more... Um. I don't think you make up your own rules, but, like, you shoot so fast that you're kind of in and out. But um, with this pandemic, they're saying it's definitely going to affect a lot of indie filmmakers um, or indie filmmakers might have to go register their films union. So they have to, 9% most likely, they have to be a union film. And all that is is SAG will just, like, approve and make sure you, like, send in the appropriate paperwork. But I've been hearing that's going to change, too, how much paperwork you have to sign now, too.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it's if it's anything like what I've been seeing in the industry I work in, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a a lot of changes going through. I mean, uh, all of my big customers I go to without fail, there is documentation I have to sign off on a daily basis saying Mm -hmm. that I haven't been exposed to COVID, that I haven't been around any family members that have been exposed to COVID, and I haven't traveled out of the country in the last 14 days and all this different stuff and they check my temperature. I've never, yeah. I've had my temperature checked more in the last three months than I have in the past 46 years.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: It's great. It's crazy.
4: I mean, you that's know? the new norm now. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're almost like you feel good. Cause you're like, okay, they're checking people's temperatures. Cause that makes you feel, at least for me, it makes me feel a little bit more at ease. Like, okay, people in here, yeah, their temperature check. If they were over, they wouldn't be able to come in. But then I'm wondering yeah. that too. If um, just because like I have a lot of relatives who work in the office and they're quarantined, like my mom is, she's quarantined. She's still indefinite. Um, mm-hmm. And I think her boss gave her this talk saying we might not ever return to the office at the same time again. But I think her company is they're trying to figure out if they have to hire. Um, I don't know what they call them, but they're like cleaners and they're people who are supposed to be checking your temperature, disinfecting the entire office throughout the day but I know a lot of mm. companies can't afford that so I know that's why most are doing a lot of layoffs or even just like shutting down uh, but I think that's definitely it's going to be like the new norm I mean it's I felt just yeah. at least never going to be the same again but I'm wondering how many companies are definitely going to be affected by that if we do have to have like a health inspector um, in offices or even like a Ralph or like a TJ Maxx or
2: yeah, like a like a wellness
0: mm-hmm. person
2: of some kind, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. Um, okay. We're gonna listen to some tunes, maybe grab a coffee. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Smoke them if you got them. Um, sit tight, everybody. You're gonna be listening to Your Magic by Matt Stern, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Right. You are the best
0: thing. Your hand to magic. You make me crazy. Your touch, it makes me lose my head. It's tragic.
2: This is for Change 2.0. I'm Joe. The beautiful, wonderful, lovely lady sitting right next to me is my wonderful wife, Rebecca. Hi, baby. Hi, honey. And the lady that we've got on the line is the beautiful, lovely, and talented Miss Natalie Rodriguez.
4: Hi. (laughs) Hey, guys. Welcome back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, what we were talking about on the break, uh... When you get a chance, watch watch the show and then watch that behind-the-scenes thing, um, because it will blow your mind.
3: Of what? What are you talking about?
2: Uh, The Mandalorian.
3: Oh, Yeah,
2: we were talking about that on the break. Yeah, Um, I've
3: seen it.
4: It's amazing. You
2: need to. You really need to. If you're any type of Star Wars fan, you know, we've been talking about it for, God, seven, eight months now. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's been mostly me, and I won't shut up about it, and Beck (laughs) wants to kick me for it. So.
4: It must be amazing, then, if you're talking about it a year later. Um, So I'm going to have to get the Disney Plus app password for my sister. I was telling Joe. I found out my little sister, she has a Disney Plus app. And I'm like, wait, since when? She's like, oh, like, um, my stepdad got it for her. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, can you give me the password? I was like, I want to see it now because it was her guilty. (laughs) It was her splurge for the quarantine since she's been off school. So I'm going to see her later today. So I'm definitely going to try to get the password. (laughs)
2: yeah uh, by all means it's it's a great show um yes. and to any of our listeners that haven't seen it yet, you know if you're a star wars fan, even if you're not necessarily a star wars fan, um oh. my niece isn't a huge star wars fan by any stretch, and she loved the show, so she loves the child she, well, yeah she she <laughs> loves baby Yoda. Uh. Um,
3: you're not really supposed to call it baby Yoda no
2: you're not supposed to call it baby Yoda, but you know <laughs> it's it's officially the child, but uh yeah. you know it's it's cute as a button, and um yeah, just the whole thing is is just really, really well done, so
3: Okay, we'll jump back into our our questions. Yes. Um, Natalie, you started your own production company in 2017, which is amazing. Uh, Extraordinary Mm. extraordinary Pictures. What are some Mm. of the projects that you have in development?
4: Yeah. um, No, thanks for checking that out um, because I just got a website for the company like a month ago, month and a half. Um, But, yeah, we just – I know, it's like I didn't have a website this entire time because everything was just Facebook or Instagram so um it felt appropriate to get the website now because especially the extraordinary ordinaries, um, that's our first feature with the company and then Howard Original is the second feature film. So I think once I started filming Howard, I was like, I gotta get some an expertise of advice on this and I have the wonderful um Joseph, it's um my company's publicist. Um, you know, he definitely has expertise in that, the marketing and how to kind of market your company, and I was like, okay, awesome. Because so I'm like, I would have never thought about that in a million years. But mm-hmm. right now, we have a few projects in um, development, and we were supposed to start filming in May. It was going to be like a horror short. It was based on a novella I wrote a few years ago. And of course, the quarantine, it you know delayed many, many productions. And um, right now, we're not canceled, but I had to tell the cast members, you know, we're postponed until whenever, you know, we get the okay and whenever like indie smaller projects can start filming again. But right now it looks more like, to be honest, maybe 2021 might be the year to start resuming productions on projects. Um, right now it's been mm. kind of more like a kind of post-production with Howard original and kind of editing some scripts. Um, a friend and I, we wrote a, a thriller kind of drama romance script during the first weeks of quarantine. And it's part of his production company as well. So if anything, I mean, a lot of the writing pickup and editing scripts and again, editing with video footage has been kind of picked up or kind of like joe was saying catching up on shows um definitely because it seems like netflix and hulu and amazon were pouring out like just all these projects um at once so it's been um it's been kind of a nice retreat because i mean i just imagine entertainment it's kind of sad to admit but you're like just because this quarantine you're like oh i f- i see how much like i work around the clock or i see how much like kind of working around like nonstop all year is so common like with entertainment whether it's tv film radio um even podcast even it's kind of both surreal and then kind of a sad reality because when you're because of quarantine a lot of people are they are taking time off whether they're reading books or just watching tv you're kind of like oh my gosh like yes yeah, it's almost like a mini vacation it feels like or one big long mm-hmm. vacation um because yeah. you no know, you can't get up and film or even have really meetings. I mean, I have a lot of colleagues that absolutely refuse to have in-person meetings or meetings at all, even though things are given okay to open up again. But yeah. it's been, it's been kind of nice though, doing the kind of watching TV sometimes all day or kind of, you know, not focusing on the work too, because it's kind of something I've never done. So it's kind of like the sad thing admit, but I think a lot of people can admit that too, because it is, seems like nowadays that hustle and grind is, kind of almost normalized. It's like, if people aren't doing that, it's like, what are you doing then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's,
2: yeah. it's nice <clears throat> being able to, mm-hmm. you know, stop and smell the roses, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, being able to actually take a step back and, and go, <sighs> you know yeah. what I mean? And just take a nice cleansing breath. Um, and It has, it's, it's been, it's been stressful You know, uh, Mm. I've been actually working the entire time and because the Uh industry I'm in, uh, we're considered essential. So, you know, um, it it got slower for us because obviously a lot of our customers either shut down or,
3: you know, Mm -hmm. furloughed,
2: you know, a lot of their workforce and stuff. So I was putting in less hours, but, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you know, things have, have started ramping up again. People are starting to open. More people are coming back to work. Mm-hmm. we're starting to do more of what we used to do and, you know, the hours are coming back up and, uh, you know, it's on the one hand, it's great, you know, it's great seeing that and, you know, seeing people I haven't seen in three months and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. but by the same token, it's also stressful, you know, cause you worry about yeah. bringing, you know, possibly catching it, and possibly bringing it home to your family. And so it's just yeah. a whole big thing. That's so, a,
4: yeah. Um, that's going to be a lot of the year. I think, for a lot of people going back to the office. Um, I know my mom, mm-hmm. she absolutely does not want to go back to the office. She likes working remotely. She's like, I'm yeah. kind of used to this now. And I know a lot of people have been requesting um, to be remote or telecommute, 50-50 office and then 50-50 mm-hmm. at home.
2: Yeah, and it's, you know, a lot of businesses are looking at that now as a viable mm-hmm option you know and you know I I kind of I, I'm kind of with it you know I I see it as yeah maybe you don't have the normal day-to-day interaction with the office but you know you're also <clears throat> not constantly stressed you know you're if you're working from home you can take it you know get up and go to your fridge and get your own food yeah. and not, not have to worry about Jim from marketing stealing your sandwich or something, you know? So. Yeah, <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, so one question that we had, and uh, this got me kind of thinking and you, and you said that, you know, with the industry that you're in, you know, you, you kind of realize how much you work um, mm-hmm. that it's a constant thing. How difficult is it to work in the entertainment industry when you're battling anxiety and depression?
4: Oh, yeah. Um, I want to say over the years, which I'm always like, it was kind of like a big, huge, like, like sigh relief. Um, a lot of people in the industry have a history with a mental health disorder. I've met people that have anxiety, but the thing is, and I think I might have mentioned this to Non. I think Non, the both of a mutual friend of ours, he, he said... Um, or I told him, I said, yeah, but people don't talk about it. It's kind of like people acknowledge it, like, oh, you're having a panic attack. Like, I've seen people on sets have panic attacks. But then they're like, but just go outside. Don't, like, make sure no one sees you this way. So it's kind of more, it's kind of like the unspoken, like, reality, like a lot of people struggle with. But hmm. I think over the past few years when I was working, because um, I did a lot of gigs, so, like, a lot of freelance production, and a lot of those jobs kind of come from, um, referral based or knowing like a producer you meet like at a networking event and 99% time they're like I'm hiring for the show send me your resume like I'll you know let's see if we can like find your spot and most of those were pretty like fast paced so I think honestly like the work always kept me distracted and I think by the time I was working those around the clock like TV shows especially reality TV you do like you don't really get like a standard 9 to 5 you can start at 7 a.m and get out at 10 p.m., which is, you know, that does start affecting you, I think, physically. So um, Mm -hmm. it definitely, I think if the work was honestly keeping me, it was almost like a distraction. And I would force myself to get up so I wasn't stuck at a desk. I would even tell my bosses, like, I'm going for a walk. Like, I'll be back in, like, 10 to 15 minutes. So I know that was something I was advised to do to kind of, like, throughout the day of a busy day is make sure you get up, walk around, get outside, like, don't be stuck at your desk, like, 12 hours a day you're gonna make yourself sick so I think I've been fortunate I was kind of always kind of back in my mind because I also have a hard time just sitting like at a desk like all day without getting up even if it's just to like stretch your legs for a few seconds but mm-hmm. I think you know I won't say there's been days where I wasn't like feeling more anxious than usual and I've had those experiences I think a lot of people would say who've had experience anxiety where you feel like it could just hits you out of the blue one day at work and you're like okay what's making me anxious and then it's almost like the anxiety comes and goes all day so I've had those situations and usually my old coping mechanism was to call off work or you know call off school and go home and be home for the day but some of these jobs in entertainment field, you know it kind of like wasn't like that where you can just call off and go home so definitely I think kind of just almost like write it out I hate saying that too but until to this day but kind of would have to just write it out throughout the day or if it got severely severe bad it was just like I would kind of confide to a friend or 99% of the time my bosses were very open about being stressed out themselves or having anxiety so I think kind of understanding that like you weren't alone in the department on what whatever show I was on at the time it kind of made me feel like that feeling you know less alone I was like okay so everyone here is if I'm feeling stressed someone else here is feeling stressed as well because Um, some of these shows are brutal they would have you do things like in short amount of time span so um, I think there's some sets I think I learned especially having anxiety it was you kind of learn like which sets are taking people's their employees health into consideration and ones that aren't I mean I've been on shows where if you were having a panic attack they didn't care they were like get over it and there are other shows saying go outside you know take a break we'll find someone to finish this task right now. So it's kind of sad and I'm hoping because of this pandemic, I think in a lot of those shows, those productions that were being very I want to use the word abusive towards employees, not taking their employees' health in consideration, I think those mm-hmm. are going to be like the first productions that are going to, honestly I think, not going to be able to afford to keep going just because most of the time those shows were like very low budget so they kind of doubled or tripled um, someone's task so they kind of were doing, like, three different jobs at the same time, which I think most, unfortunately, most entertainment people in industry can say they've worked those kind of jobs in the beginning because it's almost like you have to kind of work those jobs to kind of learn what you want to do and what kind of people you want to be around um, as you mm-hmm. progress forward. It's hmm.
3: yeah. interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, it really is. You know, it's it's good to know, too, that, you know, at least on, on on some of the productions that they mm-hmm. take that type of thing into account, you know, and they you know, everybody kind of acknowledges, hey, you know, we're all kind of going through the same thing, you know, take a breather yeah. if you need to. You know, that's cool.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know,
2: there are other I, there are other industries where you can't. Yeah.
4: And I <clears> think um entertainment, I do think it is going to be changing, especially with this pandemic and the quarantine. Because um, I did hear the last show that I watched oh is it was a 13 Reasons Why um, the fourth season and I even mm-hmm. was I was kind of I was whenever the, that season comes out I always look to I try to look at like um, the behind the scenes or interviews and I think again this past season their final one they still had um I think they had like therapy dogs on set again and they had um psychologists like available on set and um I always love hearing that because I'm like even if it's a show or a film that doesn't deal with mental health um, or any type of trauma that we're seeing the characters go through. I still think it's all sets should have like a counselor on set just because it's the hours you put in or even sometimes you know, it's, you know you're know, you working those hours you're kind of you start your hours change you can start 8am day, and the next it can be 3am so I'm that's something I would love to see more over time with uh, production sets is seeing some sort of like counselor on set or even like a wellness coach like where it kind of becomes mandatory, where you have to have like an orientation for everyone that's on set, in front of the camera, behind the scenes. I just think that might benefit. I think entertainment, especially. I think people don't like to acknowledge mental health in industry. That would kind of be mm-hmm. like a wake up call, telling people like, no, this is like, you know, it's still mental health. Still, you know, just as important as physical health. I mean, we all get our annual physicals, so why not? Why wouldn't you like check in with yourself, you know, consistently in how you're feeling? Um, I'm hoping that's gonna happen over time, and I have a i a, you know I believe that it will it's just i think it's gonna be like a slow build um just because it's i think with everything going on and the sets aren't filming, I think it's gonna be a matter of time until that gets um discussed into studios wanting to do that
2: yeah
3: that would be great yeah
2: yeah yeah that yeah. that would definitely be a step in the right direction mm-hmm. um yeah. would you please sure. tell us what elephant? is and what it's about
4: yeah definitely um alvin just came out it's in the young adult fiction crossover book it just came out um oh today's it's been out for a week it came out on the 12th um oh no it's been over a week let me take that back um it's a young adult book um started as a children's book in the fifth grade and it's a story about a 14 year old teenage boy named matthew maddie smith and it's about his journey with his four child best friends And they uncover multiple family secrets from Maddie's family over the course of two months. And it's the summer before they start their freshman year of high school. And Hmm. it's been, yeah, long process in the making. Um, something I was, one of the stories I was always coming back to, like, each year after I worked on it for a grade school project. Um, I ended up turning it from a, like, a 12 page, I think it was 12 pages originally, to, like, now it's like 316 pages. Um, wow. But yeah, it's definitely one of those things. I mean, like, I'm sure we hear this a lot, That got rejected by so many agents, so many publishers. And um, about a year and a half ago, I met a wonderful um, independent publisher who was like, let's just do it. Let's see how it does. And, and, you know, again, takes kind of like that one yes for someone who just they like what they're hearing, or they're like, hey, like, this is cool. Like, I'm definitely for it. And um, a lot of the themes in the book deal with some mental health and there's some fantastical elements to it without giving too much away, but we do see um, a lot of the characters go through kind of identifying like what they're feeling is anxiety or what they're feeling is Um, some levels of like PTSD because our main character does end up getting severely hurt on the night of his 14th birthday in the book. So it's Hmm. once he gets injured, he starts encountering with strange um, events that starts happening around in his reality. And it starts to bring up a lot of, um, old memories from his childhood and he starts questioning the whereabouts of certain family members and a lot of like, why does no one dress address like these topics in my family and hint why it's called Elephant. It's the Stanford, the elephant in the room. So definitely it's a, hmm. I want to say it's a little bit darker, um, even though it is um, the main characters are like 14 years old. It does with a lot of, I want to say, mature theme context. There's like, you know, some, graphic details, but I think that's kinda of common. A lot of books you see a lot more descriptive scenes or if characters fill in something, there tend to be a little more descriptive um kind of narration with that. Hmm.
3: Sounds there. good.
2: Yeah. 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 Congratulations on getting that out. hmm
0: Thank you. That's exciting. And where, it's
2: exciting I was gonna say where can people yeah. pick it up?
4: Um it's right now available on Amazon and it will be available on Barnes and Noble next Wednesday? I think that's the 25th, if I'm not mistaken. I might have the date off, but it'll be next Wednesday on Barnes & Noble, their website.
0: Cool.
2: Well, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. yeah. Yay. <laughs> no,
4: thank you. Um, one of my favorite projects, I know I say that's so cliche, but it's. I think it was maybe my darker project. I, I hate that word saying darker, but it's like, I think because I keep getting some early reviews from different readers, a lot of them pointed out, like, Oh, I felt emotional, and I was like, oh, like I, that kind of always makes me happy. Cause like, oh, okay, cool. Cause I was like, you know, it does deal with some. I mean, even when I had to reread the pages to do like final edits on it. I was even a little scared, yeah. like how some. of, it, It's kind of weird. I mean, I think anything anyone who writes, I think you reread it and you're like, oh wow, like I did that. Like that's kind of scary, like how graphic or how detailed that you know chapter or this situation is. So I definitely, you know, I think that's kind of the goal with any type of artwork. It's people reacting to it, I think it's, you know, you definitely kind of made them think about, you know, just the situation or the character they feel for the character, they're rooting for the character or characters. So I feel like that's, I kind of feel that's like the job to do with any type of artwork, film, book, um, any type of media going out there online.
3: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool.
3: So, yeah, fill us in real quick. We are just about mm-hmm. to the end of the show. So fill us in on your social media where people can get a hold of you if they're interested in speaking with you about any of your projects. Oh, yeah, of course. Um,
4: I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Um, People can DM me on either. My Twitter account is natchrisrod, and then my Instagram username will be natchristinerod, and it's Christine with a C-H. And you'll see in um, my bios, I have the Extraordinary Pictures Instagram uh, tagged, And then you'll also be able to find um, the pages for the Extraordinary Ordinary and the book Elephant if you definitely want to check out more, um, you know, more insight on the projects and upcoming projects as well. Um, hopefully when we're able to start resuming filming um, later this year, or even 2021 at this point.
2: Okay. Very cool.
4: So what's next for you? Um, right now, um, you know, I've been binging, I forgot to tell you, Joe, I've been binging 911, um, the TV show, so I've been wanting to actually hmm. kind of take advantage and catch up on some shows I've missed because um, of, you know, work this past year, and um, right. I've been kind of taking it, usually I do is when I'm done editing, I just finished editing a TV pilot script last week, I tend to take a few days off to kind of recoup or just to kind of, you know, check out the newest movie coming online or TV show. Just kind, the of, just I think, kind of decompress. Of,
2: yeah, decompress
4: Just kind of decompress,
2: and,
4: yeah. Yeah, and I think it's appropriate. I mean, I'm kind of, I had to remind myself, too, I'm guilty of this, too. It's like, there's really no deadlines. I mean, colleagues of mine in our studios are not really taking pitch ideas, or they're not really watching things right now, because I think I've kind of learned, even if the CEOs or, you know, people in the corporate offices are kind of lying low or taking a break, it just kind of makes sense, like... Maybe I, I need to, too, like kind of check in with myself. But 911, mm-hmm. it's um, it's Ryan Murphy's TV show. I, I mean, I loved it. I started watching it, um, I think on Tuesday. And I just started season two last night. And it's it's such a guilty pleasure. It's a good thriller, thriller based, some kind of action in there. And um, definitely, I love Ryan Murphy's TV show. So it's, I feel like the guy can do any crossover genre or genre. And he, you're just like, he's it's from season? American Horse. He's
3: from American yeah. Horror Story, isn't he? Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's the one. Um, but I definitely recommend it. It's it's a. It, I think it's on Fox. I think it comes on on Mondays, or it did, and they just ended. I think season four. So I didn't realize hmm. they were on that long either. It's a good little yeah. good little um, yeah. thriller.
0: Cool.
2: That's okay. it's always good to get a tip on another show, you mm-hmm. know.
0: Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like like I was saying at the beginning of the show you know I, I i've been watching star trek discovery and
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know i we actually got the cbs app um mm-hmm. for two reasons one was cuz of picard that was coming out cuz i was actually a bigger next gen fan than i was the original series um okay. and then also to watch and then also to watch football cuz you know le- about this time last year we switched over from having cable to doing all streaming mm-hmm. we cut the cord mm-hmm. and uh yeah. you know trying to trying to figure out where we're going to watch different things you know and and football came up as an issue and it's like well you know maybe if we can watch it on that before we figure we can get everything on Hulu um mm-hmm. so yeah so we've had it all this time and you know to go back and and see all this other stuff that we've missed is is kind of cool mm-hmm.
4: yeah So that's amazing. Uh We cut the cord a few years ago, too, on cable. So I'm all streaming services as well. um, Yeah, which is nice because everything I think Hulu they're starting to connect with different platforms. Um, So that's, I think, I was able to find like 911, the TV show, because I'm like, oh, isn't this a Fox show? And you're like, oh, wait, it does get brought over to Amazon or like a Hulu over time.
2: Yeah, Yeah. well. I hate to say this cuz I'm I'm enjoying all the uh entertainment industry talk and the TV talk and all <laughs> right. that but we got to go. So yes. um you stay you. <laughs> you, you stay on the line. Uh everybody else you are going to be listening to Sorry Ain't Enough by Casey Lansdale.
3: We'll catch you guys next week.
2: We'll catch you. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. We'll catch you next week but not the week after cuz the week after is July 4th. Um so have a great weekend. Stay cool, stay safe, stay healthy, stay hydrated. Uh <laughs>
0: That's stay, it Stay Stay Yep <laughs> We'll <right>. see ya. <laughs> Bye <laughs> Bye
1: <laughs> Well look you hear what the cat drug in I heard you might have lost a new girlfriend Then knock 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 Guess who's at my door You're talking like you've lost your mind Standing here handing me the same old lines How you want to go back to what we had before Say there's nothing that you won't do To prove your love think that's sweet tell me boy how dumb do you think i am does this look like a swinging door your little key don't fit no more i think it's time you find a better plan you back.